Welcome to the GAIN Service Academy Admission Podcast. In these episodes, we will explore all things related to gaining a coveted appointment to the Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, and West Point. And here are your hosts, Rob Kirkland and Trish Penrod. Okay, uh, hello everybody and welcome to the GAIN Service Academy Admission Podcast. This is our uh, first podcast uh, that we're uh, doing here for this and we're really uh, excited about it. And, um, you know, I guess I should uh, first uh, introduce uh, uh, both uh, our my co-host and myself to kind of uh, just, you know, give you guys a little bit of background um, on us and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the purpose of this podcast. So first... Uh, how you how you doing today, Trisha? I'm doing great. How are you t- today, Rob? I'm doing great. I guess we'll have to just ask that every time here from now on <laughs> is how you're doing. I think there's several other podcasts that you and I, uh, you know, do where they where you know the the host asks the co-host how they're doing at the beginning. So maybe we'll make that a tradition too. So good. So uh, Trisha, why don't you go ahead and talk um, just a tiny bit about your background uh, so that the uh, listeners can kind of understand. Uh, you know, your career and, you know, kind of what you're doing these days. Sure. No problem. Um, my name is Trish Penrod and I am a service academy grad, a uh, class of 2011 from USAFA, the Air Force Academy. And after 2011, I was in the Air Force for seven years uh, from 2011 to 2018. And uh, the whole time I was an intelligence officer. So a bunch of different missions, um, both overseas and stateside and a great career. I transitioned out of the Air Force in 2018, and ever since, I've been doing freelance marketing, and it's been quite the ride. Yeah, and you've also been uh, working here with the GAIN Service Academy admission uh, team in order to you know, kind of get the good word out about, uh, about the service academies. That's right. That's right. Helping students get into the service academies and kind of breaking down the whole process because it is quite confusing and complex. And I wish I had someone to tell me all these things when I was applying. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of to do uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, coaching and things on things like the interview. So you, you told me a funny, you know, you have to, when we talk about the interview section, you have to tell me about that funny story about oh, uh, when you were interviewing and uh, what you would have done differently when you were interviewing in front of your Congress person. So <laughs> uh, we'll get to that here if we can, if we remember it uh, later yeah, on. Good. So, well, that's awesome. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, so uh, Trish has her background the Air Force Academy and uh, my background's West Point. Uh, I, I, I'm uh, a little bit more long in the tooth than, than Trish is. I'm an 88 graduate uh, of West Point, uh, commissioned into field artillery, had a, had a bunch of different assignments, taught in the Department of History at West Point for three years. Uh, later on in my career, I was uh, the head of Army ROTC at Claremont McKenna, and then uh, for three more years at uh, University of Southern California and retired in late 2013. Uh, so uh, for some of you who in this podcast, there's also uh, a podcast that I do called uh, ROTC uh, Scholarships, and in that podcast, we kind of talk about the ROTC um, scholarship route. Uh, so um, I started uh, Gain Service Academy um, Consulting and decided to start this podcast with Trish um, because when I was doing the ROTC scholarships. People would oftentimes ask me, well, why don't you, you know, help us with service academy uh, admission too? Because oftentimes you 
you know, do the service academy uh, admissions process along with ROTC. And hopefully you get both, uh, uh, you get the scholarship and the admission to a service academy, and then you can make the decision to, you know, go with one or the other. And so that's sort of what spurred me to start the, uh, this uh, separate uh, kind of consulting practice, as well as, you know, kind of podcast dealing with service accounts, because, you know, I think that there's a need for it. I think there, as uh, Trish mentioned, yes, Trish mentioned earlier, all of the, uh, you know, issues with how complicated it is, that what we're trying to do with this podcast is really trying to uh, not complicate it as much uh, to try (laughs) to kind of give you our kind of perspective on some things uh, regarding the uh, service academies uh, and um, hopefully make it uh, an easier process for you. And hopefully you'll get um, a lot out of this, um, a lot out of this podcast with both of us. So, you know, we come from, you know, kind of different perspectives with the air force and the army uh, and, you know, maybe uh, one generation removed, but I think, you know, both of our experiences uh, I think will be helpful to you uh, as um you listen to the podcast and kind of think about kind of navigating that serv- that service academy um, uh, admissions process. So, with that out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and go ahead and get into uh, kind of the the purpose of today's podcast, which is to kind of talk about COVID and the impact uh, that COVID uh, has had uh, on uh, people who are applying to the service academy. So, uh, you know, since you know, we've sort of since I've been guiding several candidates through this process this fall, they've had uh, a number of uh, tests that have been canceled. Uh, so, you know, I've had candidates had three, four, five tests canceled, and some have even gone to as far as traveling hundreds of miles, and even get on a plane and travel thousands of miles in order to be able to take an SAT or, wow. or an ACT. So, yeah, so it's quite um, dedication. Yeah, yeah, a lot of dedication, right? but. Uh, you know, the service academies are not making this thing what's called test optional. The bet, the way that they're defining this is called test flexible, test flexible policy. And so I'm going to read to you what the Naval Academy says about the test, test flexible policy. And I'll just read this to you verbatim from an email that they sent out to candidates who were applying for the Naval Academy. Said the text plus flexible policy, we will review applications with or without standardized test scores. Students who have attempted or have not been able to take college admissions or college interest examinations, i.e. the SAT or ACT, due to cancellation, unavailability, other extenuating circumstance, or who have taken a test and are seeking an opportunity to retake will not be disqualified from consideration. If you are seeking consideration for admission without college entrance examinations, we will ask you to provide supporting information concerning test availability, cancellation, etc. The U.S. Naval Academy Admissions Board remains committed to the process, which has proven to be a fair assessment of the whole student, where academic rigor, life experiences, unique circumstances, volunteer work, and leadership ability and attributes will continue to be evaluated. Chris, wow. what's your what's your initial uh, what's your initial impression of this? What 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 is what's your impression of te- test flexible and, and test what, what flexible. kind of what kind of you know what are we talking about here? To me, um, that was a lot of words that said <laughs> we expect you to get it done. Um, and you know, the first thing they mention is academic rigor. 
And GPAs are subjective. So to me, the the one point of, you know, everybody being on the same playing field are SAT and ACT scores, regardless of what high school you went to. You know, they're testing everyone on the same level. So I still think that even if it takes a little bit longer for them to make their admissions decisions because they're giving people a little bit of extra time to take those test scores, uh, <laughs> it's still <laughs> super important. Yeah, I mean, you, you read this and you go, um, you know, it would really surprise me, you know, that we see a lot of admissions to these academies with someone who doesn't have scores. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I just don't see. I mean, you, if you take a look and you take a look at, you know, the SAT, ACT scores. So, you know, for what we call the academic portion of the uh, of the evaluation for each of these academies, you know, West Point, 60% of the overall evaluation uh, is academic with 40% being SAT. 40%. Uh, SAT, right. This was before, of course, COVID. Uh, yeah. uh, Air Force Academy, for, same thing as West Point. Naval Academy, 75% Oof. is is uh, academics. And they don't really have a breakout of what the SAT is, but I imagine it's about the same mm-hmm. amount. So <laughs> these are academies that have put some serious weight behind these SAT and ACT. And this is not something that can be abandoned. Absolutely not. Uh, And also, you know, that's part of, it's almost like a test to me because it's part of the attitude of you're going to be an officer in the military, whichever branch you choose, and you get things done, period. So you should be able to make this happen. Right. And, you know, this and and what I've noticed, though, with um, is that these tests have been available this fall. And I I do have dealt with some candidates who, you know, have said, you know, I I don't want to say it's whining, but (laughs) maybe it is. I I don't know. But I mean, these are, you know, people was they say, well, you know, my fifth test was canceled. And then I say, well, what have you done to find some other place to do it? Yeah, You, you can get on a plane and. You know, right now I can get on a plane with Southwest Airlines and, and spend a hundred bucks and, and get mm-hmm. overnight at the Motel Six. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go to Motel Six. I'd probably <laughs> go to something a little bit nicer than Motel Six. If I had a kid who was seven, six, 17 or eighteen, I'd go with them. Yeah. But I mean, you've got to look at you know, kind of you know, you're looking at you know, maybe spending three or four hundred dollars to do this or to get in the car and travel. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, I think I think if you're yeah, like you know, there's this thing in in. Um, that uh, I have in my uh, several of my ROTC books. I think I even have it in my West Point book called the Ma- delivering the message to Garcia. And I don't know if you ever, have you ever heard of that Trish? The, I have. The mess- and so if you have, what do you remember what the, what the overall moral of the delivering the message to Garcia story was? Um, pushing through adversity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, he was just told, you know, you needed to deliver the message to Garcia in Cuba. Mm-hmm. So the person was not told where this person was, how fast to get it to him, but that person delivered the message to Garcia. Mm-hmm. And I think that this SAT, I just get yeah, SAT and AC, I just get the impression that this is, this is a message to Garcia moment. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. For and- this. Also considering the value of the, the education, you know, that you're going to be receiving, um, maybe a couple hundred bucks is worth a couple hundred thousand dollars in education. 
Yeah, you don't want to be short-sighted with this uh, because everybody that I've talked to that, you know, that hasn't been able to get this test done, they haven't really even looked outside their community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is this an extraordinary time and is it unfair that you may have to go to some other place to take this test? Yeah, sure. I think it, it probably is, but, uh, but, you know, this is, this is the reality that we live in. I can tell you the candidates who have really wanted to get this test done have found a way to do it. So, um, yeah. So, you know, um, so I guess where does that leave us now? I mean, that this leaves us with uh, the December tests, which really you're beyond uh, uh, registration for right now. So you really mm-hmm. can't take the December test right now. But you know, let's talk about the the February and March test. And Trish, why do you think that it, that that still might be an option for candidates? Well, um, you know, the Naval Academy has come out and extended the deadline. It was January 31st, and now it's February 28th. And that February 6th ACT test that that looks like it's perfect um, to get those deadlines in. And so I think the service academies, you know, they're they're making efforts to help students overcome their inability to take the test and they're giving people a little bit of extra time. So to me, they they want it to happen and they're trying to give people the opportunity to succeed. Yeah, so I don't think that rules out the February or even the March 5th SAT test. So my impression is, is that maybe for some recruited athletes, maybe people who are lucky enough to be the principal nominee for their uh, congressman or senator, uh, they may then pull the trigger early on some of these people, or maybe just some people that have some overwhelmingly great stats, they may pull the trigger on. But my impression this year, and I haven't, you know, I've talked to anybody directly at any of these, you know, any, any of the academies is that, uh, you know, we may be seeing a lot a later rollout of uh, some of these, you know, uh, appointment decisions than in previous years, you know, where you'd get the decision done in January and a lot of people would get the January, February kind of um, uh, uh, admissions decisions uh, to that. So, I mean, we may be looking at more like, you know, a traditional April uh, decision-making, you know, that we see like at regular colleges and universities. And the other reason I'm saying this is because, uh, a lot of the appointments are being pushed out too. Like at mm. this point in in, in Thanksgiving timeframe, most uh, interviews for congressional uh, nominations are done, and then they make those decisions in you know right after Thanksgiving. And usually by you know the first week in December, you've got uh, appoint you know you've got these nomination decisions with the congressman. Reality now is you know I'm I'm getting candidates who are getting interviews in December probably with a January decision time frame. Yeah. So this means you know that I think that the February and March uh, SAT ACT is on the table now, and and I mm-hmm. think you know for those of us who, for those people who are listening here who you know are you know kind of in that boat where they did they maybe took one test and didn't do so well on it and uh, you know may think they're out of the running. I would you know very much you know, strongly recommend that you, you know, take that February ACT and then do everything you can to get that test done. Now is your chance. It's almost like a second life for people who want every test. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is, you know, yeah, I mean, this is one where, you know, you can, you know, kind of, uh, you know, this year, you know, can definitely be one where you may see, you know, a lot later uh, decisions. So, um, Yep. Especially with West Point and their deadline of March fifteenth as well, so it look it's just being pushed out. Yeah. So, so given that, uh, you know, this this is going to be kind of an interesting year. Uh, so don't give up, 
and, you know, find a way to, you know, get that test done in February or March. And uh, my recommendation would be to, you know, to find these test centers that have predict that have had a good track record of mm. giving the test out. Because, uh, you know, what you can do is, you know, when you register for the test, they give the various test sites and then, you know, you can email either SAT or ACT and find out, you know, what is their track record? Have they had tests canceled? Uh, I can tell you here in Southern California where I'm at, tests have been canceled left and right. So, I mean, you know, to, you know, to, if you're here in Southern California, you're going to you need to try to get to another, you know, area like, you know, Nevada, Arizona and places like that. And, you know, I don't know what's going on down there in Florida, Trish, but how are they doing down there? Do you have any idea? Uh, I believe that they haven't canceled tests around here, but you, I think you're right. You're spot on. It just depends on the state and kind of the overall um, attitude that each state is taking towards COVID. Right. So maybe might be need to get in that car and or get <laughs> escape, in a plane or something. Escape the winter up north. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go, yeah, you're doing it. Yeah, you're up in you know in New York somewhere, and you've got the governor there closing everything. Just take take a nice plane flight down to Florida. That's right. Yeah, you can stay at Trisha's house, <laughs> or you take the test. <laughs> okay, well, good. So, all right. So again, you know, as a recap, you know, sixty percent. Uh, is academics set to 75% is academics, 40 to 50% of the overall uh, evaluation is SAT or ACT, too big of an amount to ignore. Remember that West Point and the other, and, and Air Force Academy and the other, other service academies are, you know, are nationwide. And it's really difficult, as Trish said, to determine your GPA from, you know, all the different types of high schools you have. The academies rely on this on this standardized test and are not going to come off it uh, very much. So you just so you got to do what you can do to make that happen. So let's go ahead and transition here to the summer seminars and um, what are we seeing with the impact of that, Trish, of the summer seminars? Uh, what what do you think? Um, so right now it looks like all the summer seminars are a go, and most of the signups begin in December. Uh, or and go through into January for that. So absolutely a great ability to see if, you know, a service academy life is right for you because it really does just give you a great inside look into what it could be like and um, if if life at these three service academies is right for you. Yeah. So this is, would be for uh, high school juniors who are going into their – who high school juniors right now and they would apply for this in starting right now and through i think it's maybe i don't know what the deadlines are maybe february or something like that would be the deadline they're they are requiring i, I think they're, they're they're wanting an sat but they may waive it or yes. the sat yes they are waiving it specifically for the summer seminars uh with everything going on but you know it's still a good opportunity if you can to, to see where you are with the SAT and ACT. Yeah. A couple of things about the summer seminar. I mean, first of all, I mean, I think it's a great uh, way to kind of get oriented to uh, one, to one of the academies. Uh, I think it's, you know, just, it, it just gives you that, um, you know, that great kind of look on, on our um, service Academy site. Uh, you'll see it there. We, we kind of have a blog post on that. A couple of caveats uh, regarding that, just to, just so that um, the, the, the listeners understand is first is 
you don't get any extra kind of extracurricular points for uh, for being a part of this summer seminar. And so uh, there's been kind of this debate about whether or not, well, should I do a, a really high payoff extracurricular like boys state or girls state or do the summer seminar if I had a choice between the two. And the recommendation from West Point, uh, at least, is to do the boys state, girls state rather than uh, rather than the summer seminar because it tends to have a little bit higher of a payoff. Uh, so um, I think the summer seminar is a good thing to do, but you know, if you have a really uh, high payoff uh, summer activity that you're doing that really demonstrates leadership, you may want to consider uh, doing that rather than rather than the summer seminar. And then I say that's a second, great point. Yeah. So I guess I guess the second thing I would say is that uh, is that you're actually tested for the uh, uh, candidate fitness uh, test at the summer seminars. I know that's mm-hmm. the case for West Point. I believe it is for the other academies. And that's where you're then counted. That is counted as your CFA, you know, unless you fail it. So you want to make sure that when you go into these summer seminars that you are in good shape because you're going to be tested uh, for the for the candidate fitness uh, test at those summer seminars. So if you're not in good shape and you need a little bit more time to take the test, that summer seminar may not be the best uh, choice. I think that's also a great plug for the calculator that uh, you've created to give candidates an idea of how well they compare against previous years' candidates with the in terms of the candidate fitness assessment. Yeah, it's great. It's a little calculator we put together that um, it's on our site, and it just uh, what it does is a slide. It's a bar slide uh, that does the uh, that does each of the uh, ones and has the like Tris said, it has the uh, uh, has the, you know, the, the score that you would get. So yeah, check it out. And, uh, I think you guys will find it kind of a handy, handy little tool. So yeah, so check out the summer seminar definitely, uh, has had a major impact on, on many, uh, candidates who have, you know, decided to go, to go to the academies. I don't know. Did you go to one of those? Did they have that back in, uh, back when you went? They did. Unfortunately, I really didn't get into the process of applying until after summer seminar was over. Otherwise, I would have would have jumped on that, but kind of found out about the academies late in my high school career. <laughs> um, I I do. Uh, it is nice that they have different sessions. A lot of the the service academies have different sessions, so you can try and you know work that into your schedule based on what you were saying, Rob, about making sure that you get those leadership opportunities in the summer. Um, it it does look like most of the service academies will assign you a session. But they do sometimes work swaps, so I would I would just say go for it, and you can always back out if if it doesn't work out for you. Uh, I do have the deadlines here. The Naval Academy, the application window opens in January fourth, and it doesn't have a closing date right now. West Point is January fifteenth to March thirty first, and the Air Force Academy is December first to January fifteenth. Right. Well, great. And I know that the Naval Academy had a virtual this year and then the Air Force and uh, and West Point canceled it. So mm. uh, I had one candidate I know who did the the virtual and he liked it. So, oh, you know, okay. so That's great. that may be something, you know, to consider even doing it, doing it virtually. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So great. So let's uh, let's let's go on to the final uh, here, the final part of today's uh, podcast, which is basically interviewing. And and I know we're probably going to, we may invite our colleague Lee Reynolds onto this, uh, Colonel Lee Reynolds onto this podcast here in the future. 
episode here, maybe maybe in the next few, to talk about kind of interviews in general, because we've seen a lot of them this year. But I think it's unique this year with COVID uh, regarding the uh, regarding the interview process itself. And so uh, I just want to kind of um, go through maybe just some thoughts uh, that I have regarding uh, regarding this COVID. 19 and doing interviews and it has to really has to do with these kind of video interviews and i'm going to uh bring out each of these points trish uh that are really in kind of a blog post on my rotc uh, uh website and then uh, maybe after i make a few things make a few comments you can make some comments too about uh, about this and so uh, i think the overall point is that people who well first of all you're going to do the interviews most likely this year via video and mm. I think that presents challenges to people and because some people may be better in person. Some people may be better on video. Uh, so I think people who are traditionally uh, better in person, this may be a disadvantage, disadvantage to be on video. I have a candidate I work with who, uh, you know, kind of is a very physically imposing individual. And, uh, and, his, and his parent was telling me, well, you know, he's so much better when he's, you know, in with you know, in, in interviewing and when he's on the video, he's not, you know, as, you know, he's not as, a, as an imposing of an individual. So, and then of course that may be this, and on the flip side, you know, if you're not as, you know, an, as an imposing physically individual, the, the video obviously is a better, uh, maybe a better uh, way to kind of uh, interview. But in any event, it doesn't matter because we're pretty much forced to interview via the video this year. And so given that that's the case, I think there's a number of things that you can do to put yourself at a significant advantage with uh, with doing things via via video uh, that other candidates it may not occur to other candidates to do or candidate or they may not do uh, that will then uh, make it uh, very advantageous for you. I think um, you know to do this and you know I'm taking some of this stuff from there's just simply from the website and, and people who are, you know, going for jobs via interviewing. This is not dissimilar to a job interview. Absolutely. If you're doing this. So the first thing I would say is the first tip is leverage the fact that your interviewer is not present with you to have your talking points in front of you. So there's a little picture that I have on this blog post that shows kind of talking points around your video cam. And so when you do an interview, you should probably have about seven or eight things that you want to talk to your interviewer about, about, you know, your background, your leadership, your, uh, what your knowledge of the army or the Navy or the air force, your, uh, you know, things, maybe a moral or ethical, uh, dilemma that you've had, your, uh, things that emphasize your persistence, whatever, you know, you want to emphasize can be part of this kind of, uh, talking points. And so having these kind of talking points around your video cam that, that cue you in, you're not going to be able to do that uh, at a real interview. So that I, I think that is the number one advantage to, uh, to doing it via video is to kind of have those talking points. And does that make sense to you, Trish? And it, why, it and, 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 yeah, yeah. And why, why around your video cam? That way you're not looking awkwardly off into the distance away from <laughs> breaking eye contact, you know, because looking in the camera is going to give your interviewer a sense that you're making eye contact, which is one of the biggest things about talking to people is making that eye contact and connecting with them on an emotional and, and like just a person to person level. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then, you know, so you're looking at the video cam, not at the picture. So if, if you have like a larger screen and your picture is down, his or her picture is down below, uh, don't look at the picture, look at the video cam, because that's what they're seeing, not, not the picture. You're not talking to the picture, talk to the video cam. Yeah, great, great tip. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, good. So number two, master the technology, master the technology. So practice with a specific program, a video conferencing program, whether it be Zoom, Skype, or GoToMeeting. Check that your webcam is working. Check that your audio is working. Uh, I say don't wear headphones or anything like that or earbuds unless you have to. Uh, I think it looks somewhat unnatural. Um, I think maybe, Trish, you have a different opinion on that. You can <laughs> let me know. Plug no, the uh, yeah, plug the internet directly into the computer versus a LAN cable versus mm-hmm. uh, using the Wi-Fi. Close unnecessary programs on your computer. Um, things like that is, is kind of um, you know I think things you know that you can do to master the technology and practice the technology before you uh, do the interview. Absolutely. And um, would you suggest, you know, I guess what interviews are your parents expected to be at? Yeah, I would, you know, definitely no parent, no parent involvement in the interview. Okay. Yeah. So the the reason is, is because the, you know, parents, because if I have too much, well, if I have any parental involvement when I was interviewing with ROTC, if I have any parental involvement, it gives me the impression that they're a helicopter parent and mm-hmm. that the parent wants to go to the wants the, the the their child to go to the academy more than uh, than the child does. So parents stay away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they have any questions, just email the people afterwards. I you know, your your candidate needs to stand on his or her own two feet. Yeah. You know. Okay, so tip number three is look directly into the video cam unless you are unless you're looking at your talking points. So that we've already kind of discussed that, you know that they that look into the video cam and don't be looking down, don't be looking away, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tip number four: eliminate all distractions. Easier said than done. This one's so like, difficult. You have a dog, don't you? Uh, I do. How, so, what do you do? Like when? What do you do when you have a like a, a serious uh, meeting that you have to be in uh, for a video? I try to position him in a room and close the door, and I, you know, I just make sure he's comfortable and that he's not going to be barking. And then I try and get as far away as as possible. So it's it keeps it professional. Yeah, definitely. How about telling your friends and family if that you're going to have this interview and having them not come in? That is a great uh, like idea. That. How about setting all the phones and devices to silent? Yeah. So that you don't absolutely. have dings, rings, or other things during the conference. And I, you know, I bet a lot of people don't do this. And I think it really sets you apart, especially since we live in an age now where people are addicted to their phones. Yeah. Just bring your phone, your, 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 um, you know what's going to happen is you're probably going to have a phone call in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. It's so like, oh, great. These guys, they're not even like following their own advice here. You know, it's like, great. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, exactly. So you just have to eliminate all of those things and set all those audible alerts. Like sometimes even like your email on your, on your computer dings. Yeah. So anything dings, rings, barks. Uh, anything that, <laughs> talks. that, you know, talks exactly. So eliminate kind of all of those distractions. So that's, that's, I think that's a big one. 
you know, like I've seen some interviews sometimes when I'm doing practice interviews where, where the mom will like walk right in back of the cam in the middle of the oh, no. thing. And so, you know, so that shows me, well, okay, that the mom doesn't know that the kid's doing a, uh, uh, an interview, you know, mm-hmm. at that point. So whatever. Okay. Tip number five, find a neutral background and, and check your lighting. So I say a professional background is absolutely crucial to ma- master a bedroom with a sloppy bed, an office, full, home office full of clutter, people walking in back of your camera, all signs that you're unprofessional, but also distracts the interviewer. As mm-hmm. far as lighting, adjust the lights in the room, if dark or dim, bring an extra lamp to brighten the space. So you know, uh, you know, close windows, eliminate backgrounds. What's your thoughts also, Trish, on that and also these virtual backgrounds? Any thoughts on those? I would just stay away from the virtual backgrounds because it, to me, it indicates it's just another chance for something to go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unless you've got that new Mac with the M1 chip. uh, Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, you're good there. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they've gotten the virtual backgrounds kind of it still looks artificial to me yeah uh, and then it, it, I think it's it, a distraction yeah. from you oh yeah yeah absolutely and I think it's it's it also sucks up sucks up a bunch of bandwidth mm, yeah you know like you know for on your program so you know so you know you, you may you know be in a situation where you're running zoom and this like you know high sucking virtual background mm-hmm. and then that just creates you know just uh you know where you have a computer crash yeah you know what I mean? So it's which at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world, but you want to make the interview go as smooth as possible. Yeah. I remember uh, we had like, you know, I have a, you know, work for a school and we have, uh, we had uh, someone on our video cast who did their, uh, was, was in their room, you know, doing, you know, that, that this person would do the, uh, you know, her Zoom sessions with the rest of our colleagues in her, in their room. And uh, the bed wasn't made. Oh no. In the room. So I mean it's it's so what what impression does that give? And I, that's I, a first impression too because people see that immediately. Right. I mean what they say well you know if you're not if you don't have the discipline to make your bed like I think isn't that that Admiral McGraven who uh you know used to be I think he was head of special operations command I think he was the president of UT Austin and then or the UT system and then I think he's retired now but he he has a book called Make Your Bed. <laughs> I haven't read that one. Yeah, yeah. Make your bed. And it says, make your bed basically says, you know, you got to have the discipline every morning to get up and make your bed. Yeah. It and just that's starts your day off right, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, good. Okay. So the next one is dress for success. That's a good one. Which means that just like you would for an in-person interview, make sure you dress for success. All right. So follow these rules. Avoid bright colors or patterns and opt for softer colors. If you wear glasses, adjust the lighting to reduce glare, wear professional pants or whatever, if you have to stand up. So the worst, you know, oh, you have no. an emergency and you have to stand up and you're in your shorts <laughs> and look good. So, yeah. So I think, you know, just dressing like you would for a regular interview. So any comments on that one? Yeah, I would, when I'm practicing, I would wear the clothes that I'm going to actually interview in just so I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, anything that takes the focus away from you and you, you as a person is, is just bad. So again, with the, the colors, you don't want to wear anything too loud. It, sh- it should just, the focus should be you. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, all of these things tested ahead of time, you know, test, you know, the way that you're uh, like, I have a check shirt that sometimes I wear, but then I, I look in the video cam it like it, 
looks like a, it's psycho, it looks like psychedelic <laughs> shit. So that's why maybe a solid color would be, you know, a better choice than like, you know, like a check shirt or something like that, because that just may look kind of funky, Definitely. you know, with, with things like that. So I think the uh, last tip I would say is master interview body language. So convey optimism with your body language, sit in your chair with your back straight, and your shoulders open, avoid a swivel chair. Swivel chairs are you, you when you get nervous, you start swiveling back and mm-hmm. forth. So get a straight back chair that doesn't swivel. Use hand gestures when appropriate, but not uh, and keep them close to your body, but not like over use of the hand gestures. And then uh, avoid fidgeting and letting your gaze drift, drift too far from the webcam. So calm, controlled, enthusiastic, uh, but not overly nervous. Now, those are all great tips, but how do you get there if you're not a calm, controlled <laughs> person, you, got, you know? You got to practice. You got to practice. So practice okay. with, you know, with on the video cam with a friend, uh, neighbor, uh, you know, maybe someone, you know, in the military uh, that can do that. We, you know, also do, you know, prep for, uh, for you know, for West Point and, and Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, all the academies. And so, you know, so, you know, we help you out with that also, but yeah, I mean, you, you, but practice, 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 because I've seen people who are nervous in the beginning, by the time you get to the third, you know, interview uh, session, they're, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're coming out of the gate and they, they're not nervous anymore. What do you think about recording yourself and then actually watching it? I hate what I hate <laughs> doing that with myself, but I, but I think that, I think it's a good thing. I think I think you definitely should do that. You there's a Zoom feature where you can actually record yourself to the cloud and then look at it again. I would I'd recommend that. Yeah, uh, if you could, you know, uh, or it's painful, know, just, but it's worth it. Yeah, I don't even listen to my own podcast. I don't listen to my videos. I hate hearing myself talk and things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's painful, but you got to do it. Yeah, you got to do it. So. So yeah, so those are kind of the things that I at least came up with. Is there anything maybe that I missed, uh, Trish, that you think that that you know maybe you might have for candidates that I didn't think about? I mean, we've we we've already talked about it, but the practice of recording yourself and and the just the basic interview skills. So making sure that you're you've thought through, you know your strengths and weaknesses and how you're overcoming your weaknesses because most likely you might get asked a question that you aren't familiar with or you haven't thought about and it's okay to take a pause and to say oh I need to think about that for a second and just take a take a step back and think through your answer because if you just start speaking that's when you can get yourself into trouble without actually thinking about what you're going to say <laughs> Yeah, we should have Lee Reynolds come on here to talk about some of those, you know, ways to go about that. I mean, I think, you know, what he's certainly going to talk about is talking points, you know, mm-hmm. is that, you know, even if you're asked a question, uh, you know, you maybe answer the question and go back to your talking points. So, you know, he's a master at that. He was the, you know, head of um, public affairs for or head of public affairs for the U.S. military at Guantanamo Bay. So he wow. was one of these people who got, you know, blistered by oh, you know, yeah. the media all the time. And you know, he's done. So he was he's ahead the of, ultimate interviewer. <laughs> yeah. He was head of AFN Baghdad, you know, so he's the guy, yeah, he's, he's helped numerous, uh, you know, senior people in the military get ready for, you know, interviews and things like that. So we're excited to have him on to kind of talk about those kind of things like talking points, you know, what happens if you're asked a question that, you know, you don't have a, 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 an answer for right away. Mm-hmm. 
and things like that. So yeah, so it'd be great to have him on. She probably need to have him on sooner than later. Yeah, that sounds like a great perspective. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, good. So a call to action here. So hopefully, you know, you, you all you guys who are listening here have, been, have enjoyed this podcast today. Please let us know on, you know, whatever podcast platform you're, uh, you're listening to about, you know, your uh, thoughts of this and whether or not you want to hear more of these uh, podcasts from Trish and I. Uh, and, uh, you know, send, you know, either, you know, make, make a, uh, a rating and a comment, you know, give us, you know, Five We'd stars, hopefully. Five stars too. at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like it, and we'll continue doing it. And uh, you know, give us a positive comment, or you know, drop us an email. Go to go to our website at gainserviceacademymission.com and drop us a message. And you know, we'd love to hear from you about you know, kind of maybe some of the subjects you might be interested in hearing about. But we'll try to crank out these every couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully, it'll be beneficial for you, uh, for all of you, as you kind of navigate this process now and into the future. You've reached the end of another episode of the Gain Service Academy Admission Podcast. Connect with us at GainServiceAcademyAdmission.com. Love this episode of the podcast? Head over to iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you listen to to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.